Welcome to Coding the Future with Dr. Sharon Jones. This is an education-based show focusing on tech careers and how to incorporate the important aspects of technology in your current work. Each show brings you closer to tech success. Now, here's your host, Dr. Sharon Jones. Hello, and welcome back to Coding the Future. I am so glad you're joining us for yet another hour of how we can dig in and find our tech genius. Today, I am thrilled to announce that I have an amazing guest who is going to give us all the amazing insights that she has had over the past couple of years, we'll say, um, of exploring her own journey and um, successes and failures through the career the career journey, and in particular in the tech field. So today I'm excited to welcome Caroline Burroughs. Caroline Burroughs stays agile by constantly cultivating her growth mindset. She started as a mechanical engineer in manufacturing, then pivoted to being an analyst at two Fortune 500 banks. She's now a relationship manager at one of the largest tech companies on the planet. After four jobs and two career transitions in rapid fire, Caroline developed a simple framework for the career search process. Her passion is encouraging women to empower each other through learning and sharing. She and her husband, Joe, also enjoy sharing their knowledge with the world through their training company, Agile Pro Tips. Welcome, Caroline. Hi, Sharon. Thanks so much for having me today. Well, I'm excited to have you because um, for my listeners, um, Caroline and I have actually known each other for a couple of years now, and her journey and her uh, through her career um, and her passion for wanting to help others is magical, really. And I am always, I always learn something new when I talk to Caroline, and so I wanted her to share with you all what she has done over the past um, several years of of finding her path, both as a mom, as an engineer, and then in the world of tech. So, Caroline, um, tell everyone a little bit about yourself, and then maybe just start with a little bit of your story of how you got to where you are. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, like Sharon said, my name is Caroline Burroughs, and I've had a very exciting past few years. Um, so I I went to school and I studied mechanical engineering and I absolutely loved it. My father is the mechanical engineer and I was always naturally better at maths and sciences. And so engineering was just a great fit for me. Um, I graduated college. I got my, my first job out of school. I went into engineering and, you know, that's usually where everybody's or that's where a lot of people's journey starts. But for me, um, I got married out of college, and then I had a baby shortly after. And in some ways, my career absolutely froze. And I made the decision to spend more time with my family and my daughter. And at the same time, my marriage had also ended. So it it was very difficult because I was in my... I'd say late 20s, maybe even younger than that. And all of a sudden, I had a newborn baby and I had no job and no money. And it was, it was a very scary time. Um, at, at the same time, it was a wonderful time because I, I did have my daughter and I was able to spend a lot of time with her. But on the career front, everything got frozen right there in my life. So fast forward, and my daughter is growing up, and she's actually a teenager now, but um, I had stayed what I call underemployed for a very long period of time. And as my daughter was approaching middle school, you know, she's getting older, and she has her hobbies and her friends, and she's getting more independent. And I realized, you know, this is the time for me to get my career back on track. So I was very, very fortunate that during the years that I had um, stayed, like I called myself, stayed underemployed, I had stayed in engineering. I had maintained my contacts and, um, you know, just I, I tried to stay relevant. And 
then it <laughs> it was it was very interesting because when it was time for me to go back into my career path, I took the path of least resistance, which was I, I took a job back in the engineering field, exactly in the same place that I had started. Um, and a lot of things were the same. And one of the big things was I was making almost the same amount of money when I went back into engineering almost 15 years later that I was when I graduated college. Wow. And yeah, it, it was... Um, you know, when I say my career froze when I when I had my daughter, I mean it it was frozen. And when I was trying to thaw it back out, I was I was getting back into the workplace. I took the job in engineering, and I was working really hard, and I was traveling a lot. And my daughter was just starting middle school, so and I was still a single parent, so things were were very busy. And I just something didn't feel right. You know, I I thought okay how is it that I'm making almost the same amount of money now that I did when I graduated 15 years before? Like, how come there's not been any advancement um, in my career? And, and you know, again, I, I want to make it clear, I did step out for a short time, but I was still growing and I was still learning, but just not in the traditional office space. So when you were out with your daughter you mentioned that you pulled back on your career and moving full throttle into the career uh, world. Can you tell us a little more about what you were doing to keep your skill set up and going with all the different things that were, were happening during that time that you were with your daughter? I would love to hear more about um, your experience. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I was working and what happened was I was doing a lot of consulting work and I had, I was working for myself and I had incorporated and I had different clients and I, I was getting, you know, great work experience, but it wasn't the traditional work for one company. It wasn't go to an office from eight to five, um, you know, fortunately, uh, as in your radio show, technology has evolved so much, and especially during this this COVID era, and the ability to work from home. As my daughter was growing mm-hmm. older, technology was going right along and allowing us to work remotely more easily. Um, so, I I was still working. It just wasn't a traditional job. I didn't right. uh, drive to the same office. I had multiple clients. Um, I was working with, with some different industries during that time. Now, when I went back into that engineering job, that was more of the traditional role. Right. Uh, so that's, that's really, you know, I, I really like the word you used earlier, Sharon, when you, said it, when you said it was magical, because in some ways it feels magical to me as well. Um, so I'll go back to, to the story where my daughter was getting older and I got back into my engineering job and, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm all excited because I'm like, I'm going back to the intri- traditional work environment. I'm going to get my, my salary and my benefits. And it just, it didn't feel right. Like I, I didn't feel like I was getting compensated for what I was bringing to the table. Um, even though my work experience wasn't traditional I still had a lot of great skills and I took the job in engineering. That, that was my choice. I chose to accept that job, but then I found myself working so hard, traveling so much and not getting compensated for the work that I was doing. And I realized, mm-hmm. you know, I need to, I need to make a shift. And I live in, I live in Charlotte and we are a big, big banking town. And I, I realized you know, it's a, it's a little bit of a numbers game. And I know, Sharon, you love numbers and you love data. <laughs> I do and, love data. And so if I live in a town where there's a lot of jobs in banking, I realize that's probably where I should target getting, you know, getting a job. But there was just a giant question mark in the air. Like, how do I do that? How, how do I get a job at the bank? And I knew a ton of people that worked at the bank but I just had no idea what the process was. So I called one of my friends at the bank and I said, hey, what do you think I can do there? And he said, well, based on your, you know, your skills and your experience, I, I, think, you can be, I think you can be an analyst. 
And I said, okay, an analyst. He goes, yeah, you can be a business analyst. I had no idea what a business analyst was. I went on the internet and I looked it up and I started looking at job descriptions and I realized, hey, this is, this is definitely what I've been doing. I just had no idea this is what they called it at the bank. And that was, um, that was a pivotal moment to realize, okay, I don't necessarily have to stay in my engineering world. I have skills that are transferable. But then the next big question mark is, okay, so now I've found something that I can target. How do I get there? And um, that's where the the rebranding came in. And with with the rebranding, it's like I said, I went on the internet and I researched what is a business analyst? What, what does a business analyst do? What makes a good business analyst? What are skills that business analysts need? What are you know, some common job requirements? And I, and I dug into my, you know, into my own work history and experiences, and I, and I pulled out those examples, and I pulled out those stories, mm-hmm. and I started making the connections with what I had done in my past to focus on the careers and roles that I wanted in my future. So there's a couple of things you mentioned there that I think are really important to bring out. One is you reach back in your pocket to think about the skill set that you already have. But before you even did that, this is something that I think is really important and a part of the work and career search that we don't talk enough about. I mean, we, we have skills that you reached out to somebody, right. you made a phone call and used your network. And I talked a little bit about in my first show about the different buckets and how you begin to find, you know, your space in, in the buckets, like of these, the four buckets that I've identified of infrastructure, data, design, and programming. And for you, you did a lot of problem solving and a lot of data already because of the engineering field that that's what you're doing. You're problem solving and investigating. But the thing that I did not talk a lot about in that first episode is that power of your network. And how when you're trying to make decisions in moving your future forward, looking into your network is really powerful. So you knew, you knew somebody at the bank that you could call and begin to ask questions because the truth of the matter is a business analyst is kind of generic, right? It's a little bit different at every company. So you knew you had to begin to search to figure out, well, what does it look like at the bank in particular? Yeah, absolutely. So that is a, a key point about networking. Um, it's, it's interesting. I, I spoke with a lady recently and she asked me what was the, the best tool that I could recommend in the job search process. And I had to think about that because I, I think what she was after was like, what technology or what application? And I told her, I would say that the, the best tool in the job search process is leveraging people. So people. Mm-hmm. Are, are actually you're going to be your greatest tool. They are going to be your greatest asset. And so in addition to me leveraging my, my personal network of people at the bank to learn more about jobs, I, I actually hired um, both a career coach and an HR consultant. So the career coach for me was someone that helped me recognize my own worth and my own value. And she never told me what to do. And she actually never even told me how to do it. She just helped me identify my strengths. And, you know, it it was, it, it was a really influential person in my life. She wasn't in my industry. She, well, she, she wasn't at the bank, at least. Um, but she just helped guide me. And we would talk on a regular basis and she would ask me to document my successes. And then when I did start getting more into the, to the job search process, she was really influential in terms of, again, helping me recognize my worth. Um, and I had mentioned earlier about rebranding. And so rebranding has, you know, has three aspects, in my opinion. You have rebranding yourself on paper, 
which is the resume, which is the, the people, the, the, the thing that most people in job search, that's what they focus on is the resume, right? So you have to rebrand yourself on paper. Um, you also have to rebrand yourself in person. So in that aspect, that's about sharing your story. And the, the HR consultant that I hired, she, she was very instrumental in helping me understand resumes and resume formats and keywords and things like that. But it was my repeated exposure to networking that really helped me craft my story. Because sharing your story is, you know, when I say people are your greatest tool, how you share your story with people is, is just, is huge. Yes. Right. And um, I found that in sharing your story, you have to share a positive version of your story. You also have to share a curated version of your story. And you always need to be, you know, you, you always need to be truthful, be honest, but you also want to share a relevant version of your story. So if I'm, you know, sharing like I meet you at a networking event. Right. Okay. I could, I could talk to you about the pile of dirty laundry that I have at home or the fact that I... <laughs> you know, got stuck in traffic on the way here, or I could really use that time to get to know you and then find some, you know, common threads between us and establish some rapport. And based on that conversation, decide, you know, what, what should we continue talking about, right? So for us meeting at a, a tech event, finding out about your background and then talking about future opportunities, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's really, it's a really important part of the, of the job search. Um, yeah. But I like the way you just put that. That was really, I just had like a little bit of an aha moment myself in the way in which you broke that down and saying there is the positive, there's the curated, and then there is, what was the last one you just said? Relevant. The relevant. I was going to say relevant. expertise. But um, yeah, I mean, that's absolutely perfection because at any given moment, we think about when we're meeting somebody or we're having a conversation, we're always sort of making connections in our brain e anyway, but we need to have like an, it's almost like a elevator speech or elevator pitch. Pitch, yeah, I like that too for for each one of those. That that was so. I'm going to say that again because I thought that was that was really really poignant. In that you have a positive, you have curated, and then you have relevant. I like that a lot. Yeah, and and so with with rebranding, what I was saying is, and I use the term rebranding because for me, in my story, I was making a career shift. So right. I was. I was shifting from my traditional engineering background in manufacturing over to becoming a business analyst in, in the financial services industry, which is the bank. And so I, I just, I had to learn how to rebrand myself on paper, which is my resume. And like I had mentioned earlier, when I learned more about the business analyst role, I realized that I already had a lot of those skills and experiences. I just... I just wasn't describing them in the way that mm -hmm. the bank was was describing them. Um, and something that I do like to tell people, if, if you are out there job hunting, um, think about it from a school perspective. The answer to the test is the job description, right? So when you're, when you're writing your resume, when you're building your brand on paper, the answer to the test is the job description. Now, no, you can't just go and copy and paste it, but that's what you're targeting. The job description, that tells you what the company is looking for. And you want to make sure that you're highlighting your key skills and experiences that are in alignment with the job description, right? So with, for me, for rebranding, on paper is the resume, in person is, is sharing the story. And then the third leg of rebranding is your online brand, right? So this is a digital world. This radio show, we're talking about technology. And as much as we don't want to admit it, technology is, is in all of our lives, mm -hmm. in every way. 
And I'm not a big social media person, but even I have to admit, LinkedIn is an absolutely amazing tool for networking. And your LinkedIn, and I'll call it brand, is important. So a, a lot of Completely people, agree. yeah, a lot of people when they are job hunting, they might look at LinkedIn and say, oh, that's just another social media thing. But I, I'll tell you, recruiters, big companies, people that are out there hiring, they're looking at your, your LinkedIn brand. And again, I'll call it a brand because it says a lot about you. It, I mean, obviously it shows your work history and your experiences, but it also shows the world how you present yourself, how you communicate, and how well can you express your capabilities, your experiences, your skills. And you have to learn how to do that online. And if you say, well, that's just not important to me, I think you'll be hard-pressed to find a job that doesn't use email to some extent. Yeah, you know, um, or, you know, you digital communication. That. Yeah, I mean, and I, you know what I think about LinkedIn a little bit too is I sort of, I resisted it a bit at the beginning, you know what I mean? Because I was like, oh gosh, just, you know, there's Another so many thing. platforms, like, is it, you know, whatever. But where I've found a lot of depth in LinkedIn is that it is an extension of me professionally. So I've often said this a million times when I went to go interview for a job, and I'm glad that you're talking about the different levels of, of the brand that, you know, resume being one of them, I always struggled with applying online because I always felt like if they could talk to me, they would see that I could do that, you know, um, and that LinkedIn piece allows you to have more of a voice of your professionalism. So to me, it's a, re- it's a really relevant and it's going to be, continue to be very relevant as we move forward. And that's a, that's a positive that the tech industry has brought us. It's a whole new level of connecting that we didn't even have 10 years ago or even five years ago. I mean, I'm curious you know, when you were even thinking about when you were initially looking at that business analyst position um, at the bank, were you on LinkedIn then? Yeah, I, I was. And and I'll tell you, I, I need to credit my the HR consultant that I hired because she was the one that really pushed me to clean up and freshen up my LinkedIn. And I was like you, Sharon. I, I felt like, well, it's just another thing I got to deal with. You know, the resume is what the company sees. Mm-hmm. But that's not true. The company, mm-hmm. the recruiters, the people, um, they're all looking at your LinkedIn as well. And I, I'd like to say one last thing about LinkedIn is a lot of people ask me, oh, you know, is it worth it to have all these connections? And I tell people with LinkedIn, it's not about your first level connections. It's about your second and your third level connections. So it's not always the person that you're connected to. It's who they might be able to introduce you to. Well, the other piece that you've brought up twice that I think is extremely humbling and really is something that we don't always do. And that is that you hired some people to help you. You knew you had this skill set in engineering, but you were interested in in moving your career around, using your skill set to move to a different position. And so you sought help, you know, and I don't even, I mean, I think, I don't know that I would have even done that uh, before speaking with you and thinking about how would I approach this in a different manner. So you hired the, um, the um, career, coach. career coach and then the eight. So tell me the difference uh, quickly between the HR person and your career coach and why sure. the two. So the career coach for me was um, she helped me uh, again, recognize my value and she helped me a lot with my mindset and she helped me with kind of the overall guidance of, of where she helped me figure out what direction am I trying to go with my career and the HR consultant was very specific guidance on resume, LinkedIn, gotcha. um, you know, how to interface with large companies. She talked to me a lot about the applicant tracking system. So career coach, overall guidance, HR consultant, very specific around the rebranding piece. Gotcha. Well, I'm going to have us dig into that a little bit more after we come back from a quick break. But I want to thank Caroline again for her time and for ex- sharing her story and being uh, very vulnerable and saying, this is what I was doing and how I was doing. I think that's amazing. I um, 
I would love for you to take the opportunity to go and check out more information about her at agileprotips.com forward slash radio. And you can also find out more about what I am doing at the dot consulting at the dot consulting.co. But when we come back with Ms. Caroline, we are going to chat a little bit more about her career search framework and how you can use that to help guide your search in the tech industry. Thanks so much. And we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. From face-to-face training to blended training techniques, the DOT Consulting delivers distinct advantage for organizations looking to grow. We help you invest in technology knowledge through training, experimental learning, and community connections. Employees create an overall collective sharpness, savviness, and greater productivity using technology as a tool, thus increasing the technological speed and quality of the expertise in your organization. The DOT Consulting, a new level of tech savvy, Visit the .consulting.co. The world needs more women with tech skills. At the Dottie Rose Foundation, we encourage, support, and educate girls who have an interest in technology and want to learn how it can be used to enhance their learning and future careers. Our camps demonstrate that most future career paths will benefit from developing a wide range of increasingly important technology and software skills. We accomplish this through mastering computational thinking, boosting self-confidence, and creating new possibilities for each girl. Visit DottieRoseFoundation.org. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Coding the Future with Dr. Sharon Jones. We invite you to connect with the show today by calling in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Sharon at the.consulting.co. Now, back to Coding the Future. Welcome back to Coding the Future with Dr. Sharon Jones. I'm thrilled that you have decided to join us again for this second half of our show. We are excited to bring Caroline Burroughs back with us. And before we left for the break, we had talked a lot about her journey and her story about what her career has looked like over the past uh, few years and where she is thinking she will go in the future over the next few years. But before we talk a little bit about that, I really want her to share with you her career search framework. As she has gone on this journey and really taken the time to explore her skill set, what she enjoys, and finding her path in the world of tech, she has really been able to reflect on what the past couple of years have looked like and put together a framework that has been helping other women find their way. So, Caroline, let's sort of uh, turn our conversation to a bit about what this framework looks like, where did it come from, and how did you begin to formulate this as you look back over the past couple of years? All right. Um, well, Sharon, thanks for having me again. Um, and this, the framework, uh, I wish I could say that I had this amazing plan and I was going to develop this amazing framework, but the framework developed itself over time. That's and the best kind. It, it really is. It, it came about organically. Um, it came about from a lot of trial and error. And what happened was when we spoke last, I was sharing that I, I was in engineering, I had taken a step back, and when I was re-entering back into the traditional workforce of going back into an office, I realized engineering wasn't a good fit for me, so I needed to do a career pivot, and that's when I looked at getting into banking, and I made that decision because of where I live, and there's a lot of banking opportunities. So, um, the framework what happened was I made this transition to banking and I, and I felt like it was a very successful transition. 
And then I ended up getting another role at a different bank. And then in less than 18 months, I had made another transition into the tech industry, which is where I am now. So what happened was in 18 months, I had four different jobs and two career transitions. And during that same time, I met my husband and we got married. So there was just a lot of change. (laughs) Yes, there was a lot of change. And people started coming up to me. Somehow people started viewing me as an expert in changing careers, Um, maybe rebranding, whatever, how you want to think about it. And so I found myself and especially women, because I'm, I'm, I have a passion for helping women, especially women in tech. And I found myself saying the same things over and over. And I have this giant whiteboard in our dining room. And I would whiteboard out and I'd say, okay, you know, this is where we need to start. And this is, and I, I found that it was always the same four steps. And I could, I got really good at identifying where the different people were in their framework. And actually, it was just a few months ago that I started calling it a framework because I I realized that everybody goes through the same exact steps. Now, they go through it in different ways. They go through it at different speeds. But in some way, they go through the four framework, uh, the four steps. So let let me outline those first. Um, So this is what I call Caroline's career search framework. And the first step is mindset. So I talked a little bit about how I hired a career coach and how one of the things that she really helped me with was mindset. Um, So with mindset, to me, this is actually the most important step of, of of my career framework. So it's the first step, and I call it mindset because your mindset influences everything in your life yep. not just in your not just in your job search um, not just in school but in every aspect of your life and in particular growth mindset is really key and with growth mindset you know you hear people talk about it all the time but what what exactly does that mean so growth mindset just basically says that that you as a person, can learn and improve yourself over time. So fixed mindset is the belief that you're either born with or whatever you know is all you're going to know. So fixed mindset basically says there's, this is it. You, you can't learn anymore. You made a mistake. Too bad. It's over. You're done. But growth mindset is is the exact opposite. It says you're going to make mistakes and that's totally okay as long as you learn from those mistakes. Yep. And And that's the hardest part. It's so hard because we, and for women in particular, we want things to be perfect or we want it to be a certain way. And it it is hard for us. It's it's hard to say that we did something that we may have failed at something. It's, It's hard. Yes, it is very hard. And it is funny because I've, I've helped a lot of people with this framework, even before I realized it was a framework. And one of my friends recently said to me, she said, how do you know all this stuff? How do you know all this stuff about writing resumes? And how do you know all this stuff about job search? And how do you know all this stuff about keywords? And I said, um, I know it because I made every mistake there was to make in the job search process. I talked to the wrong people. I shared the wrong version of my story. I had a terrible resume. Terrible is an understatement. Um, I still remember I I hired the HR consultant to help with my resume. And the day before I met with her, I spent eight hours fixing up what I thought was the world's best resume. And I showed up at her office and I handed her my resume. And she didn't even look at it for five seconds and said, yeah, this isn't going to work. These, wow. This, this resume, this format, no. I mean, you're trying to get a job at a big bank. No, you, you, can't, have, you can't have graphics. You can't have this. You don't want a picture. You don't want to do all this. One page, this isn't going to be enough. You don't have anything. This isn't relevant. And wow, that was, um, that was hard. 
But it was wonderful at the same time because if she had not told me, you know, what I was doing wrong, then how in the world would I know what to do right? So the first step again oh. is mindset and the, the career search framework, it starts with a mindset because your attitude about everything is, is going to be instrumental. Um, so with mindset, I, I, I didn't come up with this, but it's very much the think, feel, and act cycle, right? So it's the way you think, the way that makes you feel, and then how you act. That cycle influences your mindset. And then the next question I get a lot is, well, okay, you keep telling me mindset's so important. How do I change my mindset? So for me, changing mindset is, this is my, these are the three steps that I follow for changing mindset. First of all, I have to be aware. I have to be aware of what, what am I thinking, right? Um, so when I was transitioning to the bank, I had a very negative mindset. I kept telling myself, well, you can't get a job at the bank. You don't know anything about jobs at the bank. You don't know anything about the bank. I mean, you're an engineer and a single mom and you don't have a traditional resume. And, you know, it was just very negative. So I had to first become aware of the way that I was thinking. And then the second thing I had to do was I had to reframe it. Okay, I don't know anything about the bank. But guess what? That's a huge asset. They call that industry hire. And right. that means that I come from a different industry and I have a diverse skill set and I have diverse experiences and I'm not, you know, like a, a one trick pony. Like I, I have seen a lot of different things and I have a lot of different experiences. So I went from thinking, woe is me. I can't get a job at the bank because I've never worked at the bank. And that's a huge deficit to reframing it to actually, this is a huge asset. I have a very diverse background. I really need to play that up. And then, then the last thing for me is, is just reinforcement, right? So I have to share that story. I have to say that out loud. I have to believe it for myself. So with mindset, you know, changing yep. mindset is awareness, reframing it, and then reinforcing it, reinforcing it with myself, reinforcing it by sharing my story with other people, reinforcing it by repeating it. So, um, but that's the first step in the framework. And the, the second step is narrowing your focus. So, you know, what, what I'm talking about again is, is Caroline's career search framework. Mindset to me is the biggest piece. And the second piece is narrowing your focus. And um, I, I love this one because this is, this is one that people get stuck. So narrowing your focus is about what, what is your target? What are you looking for? So earlier when I shared my story, I said, hey, you know, I, what can I do at the bank? And I was fortunate enough. I leveraged my network. I was fortunate enough that one of my, you know, somebody in my network said, well, you know what? I know you. I know your skills and experiences. And I think you can do this business analyst role. And he, you know, he helped me kind of find my target because once I started researching that role, I realized, well, this is a really good fit for me. But the reason that that's number two in the step, in the framework, is because if you don't know what your target is, you don't know where your target is. How do you hit the bullseye? And, right. and you've got you know, to believe you've got to believe that you can do it, even if you think, oh, I haven't checked every box in that particular right. area. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, you can't be everything to everyone. You just can't. So if you are out there job hunting and you say, hey, I am a organic bee farmer, if that's the job that you're targeting you better have a resume full of organic bee farming stuff. But if you're trying to be a business analyst at the bank, maybe you want to put organic bee farming as a hobby, but that's not the thing you want to highlight. Um, and so that's, I, I meet a lot of, um, I meet a lot of people that will come up to me and say, Hey, can you help me? I'm, I'm doing a career transition or even I'm just looking for a new job. 
I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, cool. What are you looking for? Oh, well, uh, I'm a I'm a pastry chef. Um, I I was a chief marketing officer, and uh, I have a CPA. I'm like, wow, that's really impressive. But what are you looking for? Oh, I don't know any of that. I'm like, whoa, wait, those things mm-hmm. are pretty different. Like, what's your target? Oh, my target. My target is to get a new job. Okay, I I understand that's the end goal, but you need to know what you're after. Like. Because we don't have unlimited hours in the day. And if you are job hunting or looking at doing a career transition, you really want to spend a lot of time on the step because you want to figure out what is it that you're really after? What, what job do you really want? What role are you wanting? What, you know, if you're doing a career transition, you know, what are you, what is your target? So for me, I was an engineer. And my target industry was the bank. And again, that's because I live in a town that has a lot of banking jobs. But my target role was the business analyst role because it was a role that was very suitable for my experiences. So again, first step was mindset. Second step was narrowing your focus. The third step is the rebranding. And in the previous um, episode, I, I had talked you know, a bit about the rebranding, but the rebranding is the step that everybody wants to do first. You know, when, whenever you talk to someone, it it, it feels like the funnest or the easiest (laughs) part, you know, it's like, and funnest is not even a word, the most fun. (laughs) Right. Um, Well, not only is it the, the, what some people perceive to be the most fun, it is, it's almost the only step that's really actionable in terms of tangible. Right, right. If you rewrite your resume, you end up with a document, right? If you, if you clean up your LinkedIn profile, you end up with a new profile, a new shiny right. profile. Mm-hmm. But how do you sit there and get a new mindset? Or <laughs> yeah. how do you get a new you know, focus? That, you know, mindset, there might not be anything tangible. There may not be anything that you can write down. Um, with narrowing your focus, you might end up with a list of two or three job titles. But rebranding, right. oh, well, that's something I can sink my teeth into. I, I, I can write a resume. I can clean up my LinkedIn. You know, I can go to networking events. So rebranding is actually the third step in the framework, but it's the step that most people jump to first. And I, I always caution people about that because if you run off and rebrand yourself first, but you don't have a good mindset, and you have no idea what you're trying to rebrand yourself to, then where are you going? Yep. What are you doing? And I can't tell you how many people have said, can I send you my resume? And I said, no, I, I'm, I'm not a hiring manager. <laughs> I can't do anything with your resume. And they're like, well, can't you look over it? And I said, okay, well, you need to send me the job description that you're targeting. Oh, well, I don't have a job description. Well, then how did you write your resume? Oh, right. Well, I, I just I just redid my resume. And earlier I talked about sharing your story, um, sharing, you know, curated, a positive, curated and relevant version of your story. Well, that includes your resume and curated is the key on your resume. So I had mentioned this earlier, but the key to the test when you're writing a your resume is the job description. So if you don't have the job description, what, what questions are you answering on your resume? So those have to go together. So if you don't have a target, you can't, it's really hard to write an effective resume because the resume is simply an advertisement of you to the hiring manager, showing the hiring manager that you have the relevant skills and experiences. But if you don't know what the hiring manager is really looking for, how do you know what to highlight? You know, so, that's really, really important advice. And I, I want to finish up your, your fourth piece of that. But there is something really, really relevant. I mean, I need to sink into this piece in that understanding your mindset and narrowing that focus. When you can become very clear on what it is that you like to do, one, the skill set that matches it, it becomes so much easier to write that resume and to rebrand because you are able to walk the walk that you're talking about. And walking the walk is what really sets you apart from everybody else. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, you know, Sharon, in your in your other episode where you were talking about the four buckets, I, I really enjoyed that because what you're doing is you're priming people's mindset. You're you're getting them to think about what is it that I do, what is it that I like, what is it that I have a natural aptitude for. Um, and and absolutely, if you go and and you rebrand yourself, but you don't know which direction you're going, you're just you're wasting a lot of time. Yeah, and you're you're spending a lot of energy that you don't need to. I would rather see you know people spend more time on improving their mindset and narrowing their focus to you know some some relevant targeted roles. So you know mindset narrowing your focus. The third step is the rebranding. And that is the piece that most people can wrap their heads around most easily. This is where you write a new resume. This is where you clean up your LinkedIn. This is where you practice sharing your story, right? So sharing your story is a, is a very critical part of rebranding because let's say you go to a networking event and well, maybe you were an organic bee farmer, but now you're trying to get into I don't know, maybe um, maybe an accounting role at, at a tech company. So when you go out and you share your story, you want to share a story that's relevant to where you're going in the future, right? So I had, I had said this earlier, but I'm going to say it again. When you are, if you're out there job hunting, your past experiences are very important. But when you talk about yourself and you share your story, you want to share, you want to use your past experiences to highlight the skills that you have for your future roles that you're targeting. Okay. So really good advice. Yeah. The past is important because that's where your basis is of experience and skills. But when you're talking to people, you want to talk about your future. Right. So use your past experiences to highlight the skills that you have for your future roles. And that is something I I find a lot of people struggle with because people want to just. They just want to share a chronological story about their background. And that happened to me. I remember when I said I made every mistake there was to make. The reason I'm I'm so passionate about the sharing your story part is because I did a terrible job of sharing my story. And I still remember sitting in, I sat in a recruiter's office. And she was actually the one that got me my first job at the bank. I sat in her office. Um, she actually only saw me as a favor to uh, someone else that I, that I knew at the bank. So I got that, I got that meeting with her through my networking with people. And she said, okay, so tell me your background. So of course, I you know I always tell the same story. I'm a mechanical engineer, been in the manufacturing sector. Um, I was mm-hmm. in metrology. I, I worked with this and that. And she just looked at me, and she had this really funny look on her face. And she said, "What that that what does that have to do with you being an analyst at the bank?" And that's when I, you know, the light bulb went off in my head. Was she's absolutely right? What does me being in manufacturing have anything to do with? being an analyst at the bank. So that's when I started to learn how to share my story in a curated way. You know, I have an engineering degree. I have very strong technical aptitude, but I have very good analytical skills. I'm a problem solver. I'm a strong communicator. And those were the skills that were relevant to the job that I was after. So, um, and uh, so in terms of my framework, I've gone through steps one, two, and three. And the very last step, there's not much to talk about. The last step is the job search. This is where you go and apply for jobs. And this is where you go on interviews and, you know, get the offer. Um, this is, And that's the part that's probably the most, ex- I mean, it, it takes you the time to work up right. to actually go in for the job search. There was something you said really, really relevant. And I, I want us to think about this because my brain has been going in circles because immediately when someone asks me, you know, you know, what do you do or what you've done? I go into the whole backstory of my world as a computer science teacher, but that doesn't, that's only a part of where I am today. So thinking about what you just said, I think it's so important for you to think about if you were that organic bee farmer, 
you did accounting, you did problem solving, you had to understand science in order to, you know, pull the bees out at a certain point in order to, to uh, get the honey and those kinds of things. How do you use that skill set, those skills to talk about the future? That's Absolutely. where I think what you're saying, that's the key point to what you're saying. Ladies and gentlemen, Caroline has given us a lot of information and a lot of things to ponder about. The, the pieces that I think are most relevant that I brought out was really thinking about how you tell your story, positive, curated, and relevant. Thinking through those steps of that job search. What, what is your mindset? What is your focus? Get those two things right. And listen, you're not going to change your mindset over, overnight. It may just be one little piece you've got to tweak in your brain. I really am good at PowerPoint. <laughs> I really am good at Excel. And that's the little piece that you can use to help drive to the next, next phase. Then think about the rebranding. What do you want to put on your LinkedIn? Reach out for help. Ask a career coach. Ask an HR consultant. Find somebody to help you walk through those steps before the, re- before the rebranding and then begin your job search. Did I do okay on that, Caroline? Did I do pretty good? Did I, get, did I sum that up? Yep, absolutely. And I, I did want to say, so my, my husband and I did start a company, and it's called Agile Pro Tips. And we started this company because so many people were asking us about how we got into the roles that we got. How did we transition? My, my husband also did a career transition and we named the company Agile Pro Tips because we, he in particular is very much in the Agile space. Um, I have a course that's coming out now that is called the Job Search Mindset. So I go into a lot more detail about the, the different aspects of your mindset during the job search. And my husband has a course out right now called Interviewing in Agile. And that is that covers more of the the narrowing your focus, the rebranding, and the job search aspects. Um, but, you know, if you want to learn more about it, then please subscribe to our newsletter, and you can actually get a download of the framework that I covered on today's show. And the website, again, is agileprotips.com forward slash radio. And all you do is just enter in your email address and subscribe to our newsletter and you will get an email with a download of the of Caroline's career search framework. Thank you so much, Caroline. And I encourage all of you that are listening to go and check that out because this has been really enlightening for myself as well. And as we continue on our journey to code the future and to find our path in the world of our career and in tech, These are pieces of information. This is your action item for today. Last week, I asked you to think through the buckets and find your spot. This week, you should go to agileprotips.com forward slash radio and take a look at that uh, framework that Caroline has provided. It will begin to start putting all of these pieces of information together. And you can always find out more about what's happening here with Dr. Jones at the.consulting.co or follow me at the dot consulting. Thank you all so much. And we look forward to seeing you guys on the next episode. Thank you, Caroline. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Coding the Future. Please join your host, Dr. Sharon Jones, for another edition next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll talk then. 